Now broadcasting live via so Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped like right your mom in here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing what? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another new episode of the Bagden Boardcast. It's episode number 180, which seems kind of like a, a big monument because it's a whole number. Yeah. But we'll have another one ten uh, episodes yeah. from now. But that'll be one ninety. Think of how exciting that'll be. Oh, and then we'll turn away from two hundred. And up until then, I will be Chris. I will always be John. I don't. Things can change. <laughs> we don't know. I might have to go on the run, change my name to Kevin, because I think that's the name I would take. Really? If I go on the run, and he would take a whole new personality. So it'd be yeah. like Fun Happening Paul. <laughs> no, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Fun Happening Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> But right now I am Kevin. I'm gonna I'm gonna screw it up for you. I'm gonna call you Paul all the time. It's just like, no, no, that's not Paul. Oh, hey, Paul, how you doing? No, I'll hit the road. You will never see me again. We will never do this podcast ever. I'll I'll be disappeared. We'll have to we'll have to change the name to something else. The Kevin Show. We want to be able to do it in our three main topics that we bring to you every week. The first being. I was throwing it to somebody else. But no, you always, you always, you always do, do the it, first Kevin. One. I know, but you always introduce it. No, you you go. No, it's yours. Okay. The first uh, that's what you get for throwing off the flow. We set this in stone. Okay. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next we, is the list. We know it never goes well when we try to rotate and do yeah. others. Yeah, I guess so. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out July 31st. Then we always follow that 2013. up. 2013. <laughs> We always follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic, and it's the end of the month of July, which means it's time for our July look back. Wait, but we just started doing the list for the 31st. There's yeah. no books coming yeah. out on the 31st <laughs> that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, pretty much. They're all yeah. annuals. And we got like five books right now that we're going to yeah. review. So we're in a good spot. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you I, can I, say another good spot, but have you tried the beer? Yeah. Yeah. It's nickel-y. It's it's kind of like a pilsner. It's like a it's it's like a lemony tart to it. Like the citrus is lemony instead of that grapefruity. Mm-hmm. I this is uh, um what I had Johnny at your birthday dinner actually at Pizza see. Plant. Oh, we this had the swing? this it was the swing. Yeah. It's not as good as it was on tap. No, it's still got the peppery kind of background taste, but it. But there's a really bad aftertaste of just letting it sit for a while. Yeah. And this is uh, a swing from Victory. Uh, we're going to do all session beers today. We're doing a light kind of tasting. These are lighter beers. Yeah. Yeah, they're like four point something. They're they're like IPAs brewed all in like one session, right? Is that where they get the name from? Um, I think it's more like it's just a... A quick beer that they did, very small batch, and put it out. But it's not; in, it's nothing that's supposed to be lasting, except for Founders has had that session IPA for quite a while now. Day, um, and this is a saison; this isn't an IPA. Oh. Okay, so, so it's just a small, small of that session beer. 
title now. I think I think breweries just are going to start putting that in lots of beers. Okay, just so it could be any varietal, and they'll just call it session, and it's like quickly done, get it out the door. We're trying this. Session beer is any beer that contains no higher than 5% alcohol by volume, featuring a balance between malt and hop characters, and typically a clean finish. Combination which creates a beer with high drinkability. The purpose of a session beer is to allow a beer drinker to have multiple beers within a reasonable time period or session, without overwhelming the senses or reaching inappropriate levels of intoxication. Well, thank you, Wicked Christopher. It has nothing to do with the brew. I always thought it had something to do with the brewing. Yeah. Me too. I guess totally tramped over my Wicked Christopher. It's okay. This beer's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not not a fan of it. I well, had it fresh on tap. It was so good yeah, because so you good. got it was it was definitely more of a uh, saison. It had that peppery notes to it, and it's kind of masked here. But also, I mean, you've different. you've had this since what April? More than likely, yeah. May probably May. Well, if, it was one of the late. If we had it at my birthday, it'd be not April. Right. So but I found it in bottle form after that. Mm. And I was buying it, so it would have been mid-May when I bought it. Yeah. yeah. I can remember things, Jim. <clears throat> okay. Not not great. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't... Um... Well, it's a session, so maybe we should have drank them quicker. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're not. But, come on, my basement's good. It's not yeah, like... It... Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it, I mean, it could not... Not that you're... How we kept it. I think just in general, like, it's a beer that, without that high alcohol... It's going to probably turn a lot quicker, mm-hmm. you know, a couple months, and then it's gone. It could just be one of those beers, too, that it's better on tap than it is in the bottle. Mm-hmm. We've had that before. Uh, the Old Tom or whatever, the bunch of Tom? beers that you've had, uh, John, from Peekskill, you yep. you loved. Went poured fresh, and then we hated the bottle, so. Victory. I had, no, Mean Old Tom I had in uh, right. in bottle. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking Peak Skill and uh, the other that, that IPA. Mm-hmm. But anyways, let's get into the top news of the past week, which is really only three days because we're, no more San Diego cot talk. You should have listened on Sunday when we posted that one seventy nine. Today's Seven. at least Wednesday. It's... We just recorded two days ago, so yeah. <laughs> that episode so, just went up. So, so not much news really. Um, other than some Star Wars celebration stuff, not really coming new coming out, but uh, some more concept art from Star Wars Rebels, the cartoon series that's going to be airing on Disney XD. So you Star Wars fans will have to call your cable provider or satellite provider and try to figure out what channel that is. I won't, but um, <laughs> it's so weird that it's not going to be on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Right after the Clone Wars, but... They did so well at Clone Wars, but yeah, now they're owned by, by Disney, Disney, so so it kind of makes sense. It only makes sense, and it will take place during the episode between episodes three and four, with the Empire hunting down the rest of the Jedi and the Rebellion getting its birth, the birth of the Rebellion. Nice, interesting. It's a cool kind of untold chapter of the Star Wars saga. Mm-hmm. So it'll be kind of interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's going to be kind of any fan favorite characters that we see come out of this. Because Clone, Clone Wars, Wars had uh, the girl. Uh, Ahsoka Tano. And then there's that bounty hunter guy. I don't know what his name is, but he has the like the, the big, big cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He's cool. <laughs> he was cool. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I, I've not watched any of Clone I need Wars, to watch but some. I watched I, this Clone Wars movie, and you know them saving the Hut baby, and that was the whole thing. And I'm like, I can't believe this almost got a theatrical release. People, or it did, did, did. A theatrical release. Wow. People love that cartoon though. Like but, maybe something that, I liked the little short, uh, like five minute episodes for Clone Wars that they did by a uh, yeah, Samurai Samurai like, Jack style. Those were awesome. Like I actually have that DVD. Mm-hmm. Of all of them. Because they were just fun, short, little, like, quick things. Like, there's, I don't remember if they had titles or not. But there was the one about the, like, platoon of storm, or yeah. the clone troopers going through, like, their spec ops team. It was really fun just to watch them. And the Kit Fisto one was really cool, too. Yeah, they were they were a lot of fun. I remember watching those. What's the other, uh... John Williams. John Williams. Is signed on to do the new post schools movies, pre they're yeah. sequel They're movies. sequels. Yeah. Post-sequel movies. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Call them because they're, yeah, they're so sequels. far after the fact. I think there needs to be another word, word for it. So I'm going to start with post-sequels. I'm going to try to coin that. Yeah. It's not as catchy. It's not going to work. No. 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 But you go back to work. Nobody. Come nobody. back as Kevin and have a better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... Th- John Williams coming back is one of those no-brainers. Like, uh, it'll it'll happen. Kind of has to, but I honestly didn't really like the score of um, the prequel ones either. Like the, I remember watching TRL because they were uh, that was where the episode one, no, like the, uh, the the full song music video was being released on T on totally. That song was cool though. Was it like the yeah TRL duel, of, duel of, the, of souls or duel of the wills? Yeah. And, Duel, it's something. Uh, yeah. Duel of Wills sounds like it's from Soul Calibur. It's mm-hmm. like, now the Duel of Wills, or Duel of Souls continues. The soul still burns. Uh, like, I, I, you know, it wasn't as good. It wasn't as bombastic, I guess, as the original Star Wars episodes song. So I'm a little, I would like it to get back to that kind of. Yeah. No, no, no need for chanting. I don't need chanting in my Star Wars unless uh, it's not not. That, not not. And they took that out, so you know whatever. I don't know. I'm. I'm just glad that Duel you, you of know, the Fates. Duel of the Fates. That that song was really mm-hmm. great. I think that's probably one of the best things to come out of Star Wars Episode One. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's. The Mexican hat dance. <laughs> yeah, see, Paul, that's Paul, why Paul didn't Paul, like it. <laughs> You're thinking of a completely different song. You didn't see episode one. You were, <laughs> you were watching an old Speedy Gonzalez cartoon. He's a Jedi. He, how else does he move that fast? It's obviously. I thought he was part of the, the, speed, the, speed. the speed Force. Oh. Uh, Speed Force. Well, let's force our way into a bagging board bracket update. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coming out this weekend was The Wolverine, and it pulled in $55 million by latest estimates from Box Office Mojo. I, I kind of want to do it like a weird newscaster theme here. Yeah, That's fine. I'm you can go for voice. it. And, of course, that was up That's against... what Kevin does. <laughs> <laughs> it was up against a World War Z that brought in $66 million. It's wow. opening weekend. So guess what? All you Wolverine fans, Wolverine got ate by zombies. Wolverine is mortal, and he is dead. 
He did die. So we got Wolverine moving on to the next round. No. Well, no. no World no, War Z. World War Z. Z moving on to the next round. Okay, drop drop the voice. Yeah. making you mess up. Boom goes the dynamite, Paul. <laughs> boom goes the So World War Z. And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> so we have the winner from The World's End versus The Hangover Part 3 going against World War Z in that next round. Uh, we recently learned, meaning today, we learned that 300 Part 2 got pushed back way back in May to next year, March. So Pacific Rim does move on Yay! to face Despicable Me 2. Which it's going to lose to. Which it did lose yeah. <laughs> That's a, That's kind of a surprise. Pacific Rim was really cool, though, but I can understand it. Despic- yeah. Uh, Pacific Rim, its opening weekend brought in $38.3 million, and it moves on from zero opening dollars from uh, the Rise of the Empire 300, and it goes up against Despicable Me 2, which brought in $124.9 million its first week. Wow. And Pacific Rim only brought in $52.2 million its opening week. So that means Despicable Me, Despicable Me 2 moves on. Versus the whoever will come out of the Man of Steel versus yep. its bracket of either the winner of Monsters University or Kick-Ass 2. Interesting. Interesting indeed. And that is your weekly bracket buster busting update. Well, speaking about weekly, I need to get rid of this weak-ass beer and get a hopefully better session in me. Yes. And we're uh, up now is the... Saranac session now, and this is an ale uh, with citrus hops makes this crispy, light-bodied ale, extremely drinkable, a true go-to brew. And it's very light, very light. Um, it's got a little bit more citrus on it at the beginning, but then it just kind of goes away. All right, you got to take a look at the metallic. Where do we get the metallic? Yeah. yeah. You got the white IPAs. This is just 
It, it's safe to assume it's a virus. Individual. Were they banned? Yeah. 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 It's a great book. book. You never know where it's going to go next. next. I, I love reading this book in trade. It's one of those ones every time I fill out a new reviews. Is there an invisible trade? Is there an invisible trade? And then as soon as I see my always order, and then four months later it comes out, and I'm like, ooh, when's the next one? Uh, this one actually goes to issue number 102. Up to 102 issues. Reading from Marvel Knights Spider Man, number 14, page 10, panel 3. Whoa, little Titan here, right? New Yorkers have a thing with personal space. If you just close your eyes, take a deep breath, open your heart to the Lord. And that was a dramatic reading from Marvel Knights Spider Man. Number 14. Page 10. Panel 3. It's super creepy, like he's in a closet with them. (laughs) Yes, that's the century for you, everybody. The introduction. This this was the the Marvel Knights Spider-Man after... uh, It was really good. (laughs) Who was... Who started writing it? Mark Millar started it with... uh, yeah, I enjoyed Terry Mark Dotson, Miller, I think it was. Yes, it was Mark yeah. Millar and Terry and Dotson. We had Dotson there. Um, yeah, then they left and it got bad, and that's right when I like dropped the book. Because it was like him paired up with Catwoman or Black Cat. Oh, Black Cat. Sorry, I. And they had like that. the Sinister Sixteen, uh-huh. which was like all the Spider-Man villains. Because mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, six isn't enough. It was fun, and yeah, they crashed like a like a. Uh, Homecoming, not homecoming. What is it? A uh, reunion, class reunion. It was just a fun book, and then it got weird with them trying to introduce the century in the Marvel Knights 
No. Which was stupid. But I was buying it because McNiven was doing covers. Yeah, he did. And that was basically his work for a while there. That's like the only thing he was doing from Harville for the longest time was covers. These are nice covers that he did. It is a really nice cover. But what is also really nice is what I'm putting in my mouth. Thank you, Paul. (laughs) Yeah, this is another session. Hey, we said at the beginning it was going to be all sessions. This one's from Otter Creek. It's their hop session now. Um, I think the last time we had Otter Creek on here was when we did that Russian Imperial Stout, or was there another one that we did? No, I think that... Yeah, because we did that Russian Imperial after we did the um, Black IPAs. Yeah. Because we did an Otter Creek back up. Oh, man, IPA. I forgot to check all these in. Oh, well, oh man. They're, they're all on there. Yeah. On Untapped. I'll get them on Untapped later. Um, this is much stronger than the last two we had. Mm-hmm. This is getting closer to what I like about Sessions and what I want it to be. It's not an overpowering IPA flavor, but, man, it does hit you with a good amount of hop. It is light. I wouldn't call it refreshing because it does kind of dry out your palate just a little yeah. bit. But man, it's a nice, soft sipping beer. It's almost like the white IPA from Saranac, but not that citrusy. It's yeah. more of that piney kind of hop. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, it's like 4.25% alcohol. Um, you know, they say it's more than a pale ale, but not quite an IPA. And that is kind of where it falls into here. Uh, it is quite enjoyable. I think this is one that I won't begrudgingly finish or throw out. Yeah, I'll. this is one I don't mind actually drinking just to drink it, not just to empty my glass. It's nice. It's nice to enjoy things. Much like the books that we read this past month, and we're going to now share with you, good listeners, in our July look back. Go ahead, John. All right, I'm going to grab right from the top. And uh, we're starting with uh, issue one of Day Men from Boom Studios, uh, written by uh, Matt Gagon and uh, art by Michael Allen Nelson. Uh, art's by Brian Stolfries. Oh. Michael Allen Nelson must have co-written it. Yes. There we go. Oh. Uh, Brian Stolfries actually did the Catwoman and Etrigan from Wednesday Comics. Oh, nice. Which was one of the best-looking... Strips that they had in the DC Wednesday comics that came out like three years ago now. Yeah, because we did that for the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, maybe almost four. Well, when we were doing the podcast, Countdown was coming out, and it was the one after that. All right. So, uh, but we follow in this book. We follow uh, a day man, a man who works during the day for a group of vampires, a family of vampires who kind of have the, their lives are almost kind of set up like uh, a corporation it's i got a very gangster feeling from this like there's different vampire families almost Mm -hmm. like you have crime families yeah and uh you follow this day man through what his kind of normal tasks are and in doing one of picking up the 'er ne'er-do-well uh family member uh shit gets real and uh they end up having a beginning of a family feud between the two big families. It's not a beginning, it's a rekindling. Yeah. yeah. Because they said that... It's been going on for, like, centuries. And they've been, like, they've Yeah, they've had, they've had peace war. since the Civil War, though, so... Well, it's you don't know war. when their Civil War was, it, because it's the Vampire Civil War. It sounded like it was the no, Civil it's, yeah, War. Yeah, it sounded like the actual Civil War. Really? 
I think it was the Vampire Civil War when that set up the five different families, but uh, I don't know because their history is probably longer than we know of. Uh, I really liked the tone and the feel of the book. The art was, as Chris said, you know, the art is really good in it. Um, the one thing with the art, though, I have to say is I cannot get an age of the main character, the dog, the day dog, as they sometimes call him. Yeah, what's his name? I don't remember it. He's just he's, he's like the new guy. Yeah. I don't remember. It's been, a, it's been like two weeks since I've read it. But yeah, he's new to it, but on the cover he has a white streak of hair and he looks old and he's grizzled. Been, I think and he's then, been training uh-huh. to fill in the spot of the next person. Mm-hmm. So he's been training. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. Because this vampire family can only afford one at a time? Like, I don't understand that. I think one kind of head guy. He is basically the, uh, oh, I I was going to make a Downton Downton Abbey reference for the guy that's in the head, like the head butler. And I totally forgot it. It doesn't matter. He's the guy that cleans up their messes that are happening in the day kind of thing. He he does their errands. Yeah, Yeah, does their daily errands, like goes off and finds lost property that other people stole, clean up. Gets the riffraff out of the, out of there, out of safe houses, which is an interesting thing because it's not just, it's not the stupid servant that Dracula always has that's kind of mindless and just kind of, Sucking Renfield, yeah, Renfield bugs. Renfield, yeah. He said Renfield. Renfield, yeah, Renfield. Uh, His his name's David, by the way. Yeah, and it seems like the human and human servants are smart. They know what they're getting into. They're making a lot of money and badass too. Yeah, he's got a he has a cane as a weapon because that's the weapon that he was trained with. Because it's it's a sign of weakness normally, but. It's just the family. It's what the family has always given their day dogs, and uh, and also like you use it as a stake to, to yeah. kill vampires. It makes yeah, like there's the one scene where he like puts it in like the handle in the vampire's mouth and like pulls out uh, its fangs. Mm-hmm. It's a cool book. I'm glad that this was here. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see where it goes uh, because basically it's like the start of the new civil war between. This cold feud that has been bubbling on the surface has now reached a point where it's bubbled over, and it seems like both sides were just hoping that this would they happen. They were, pl- like, planning for it. And it, oh, and it seems like the it's, been set, set it's been yeah. set up to happen. Mm-hmm. And this guy is now caught in the middle of it. And he's kind of like, this isn't what I set up for. <laughs> yeah, this isn't... <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be in the middle of a war. Yeah. I... I just guy. wanted to pick up your laundry and yeah, basically, and make sure that I dry. If you passed out somewhere drunk, uh, I'd come with a coffin to put you in and take care of you during the day. You know, that's that's my thing. Now I have to kill vampires, and this is kind of hard to do. Um, I'm glad. I think I've ordered up this up to issue three, and I'll probably be continuing on after that. Boom. Boom! It's Studios. it's a book. I look forward to seeing where it goes. Is it a mini series or is this an ongoing? Um, I think it's an ongoing. I could see it being an ongoing more so than series because you know you'll also have the aftermath of the war. I hope to see like the cleanup and the rebuilding of the family because it definitely seems like a fall story. Now, for modern day new kind of vampire books, this or American Vampire? 
Oh, American Vampire. Yeah, I would take American Vampire over this. Yeah, but this is a different thing. It's, it's different, seeing, but... You're seeing an outsider looking in. And it's kind of... Remi- and that's what kind of reminds me of Downton. Because it's the servants looking into this kind of world of, like, the overprivileged. And seeing their house kind of fall apart. Interesting. With a war coming. Not as interesting as, well, maybe just as interesting, as uh, Hawk Girl, as in Hawkeye Eagle, <laughs> number one, written by Matt Fraction, art by Polido, Polido, and uh, this follows Kate Bishop going on a road trip to Las Vegas, and it's basically the mirror image of uh, Hawkeye's uh, adventures in Manipur, and Kate's getting her comeuppance for uh, going up against Madame Mask. And we see her losing her shit. Literally her stuff. Uh, all in a plan to weaken her and basically be betrayed by what seems to be just a nice good Samaritan, but it's actually just Madame Mask planning to well, you, you, put, you, you put her see that her You see that it's yeah. That, that's all coming to a head. Mm-hmm. Um, the art kind of makes me feel like a uh, Archie comic on the inside. Yeah, uh, it's really bright. It's really fun. Um, and then you got, as we said, it's like really bright. A except lo- when it's it's all a shadow. lot of use of shadows. Um, but like just like a lot of just the the coloring and everything kind of really pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun book. I think there's way too much use of yeah. the silhouettes in it. Oh yeah, and this. The storytelling, it does jump a lot around between Kate arguing with her parents and then on her adventure with Mm -hmm. Madame Mask. And there's really nothing there to let you know where you're going into it. And you don't know where you are because everyone's in silhouette. So you have to read three panels and they're like, oh, no, she's talking to her dad and his new girlfriend now. And I'm glad Kate's always wearing a high ponytail because otherwise I would have no idea it was Kate in the silhouette. I think the silhouette... If it was a storytelling device, I could understand it, but really it just felt lazy. Yeah. I definitely agree. I like the book. It's it's it, more pages than a normal issue. It, it has, like it is an annual too, so and it does feel like, you know, this book has been double shipped for a while, so I I kinda feel like it was kind but of a rush. This is a completely different creative team on it though. It's still Matt it's, Fraction. Well it's Matt Fraction, but it's not, not um, yeah. David Aja. David Aja hasn't been on it yeah, in a while though. Or I don't, know. I don't know. I just started buying it. Like, I've <laughs> purchased two issues since I decided to get into it, and then the annual today. So, it's something that they they had someone else work on, mm-hmm. who wasn't on the actual monthly. It still has that rushed feeling. And I don't know if it's because it is a little bit longer than your typical issue, because it's an annual, but all the silhouettes is just way too much. Yeah. I, I do feel like it's a great story for Kate like going out on her own and trying to survive on her own terms. And she loses everything yeah, in this book. Her <laughs> surviving on her own terms was still trying to use her parents' yeah. money for stuff. Yeah, with credit cards. But then she loses that and she's desperate and on her own and yet she still comes out like she's going to be okay. Granted, she's living in a trailer that she doesn't own. Cat sitting. Cat sitting. But also going to be working at a, a uh, sports 
goods, sports goods, goods, sporting goods, sporting goods, uh, store, you know, your dicks or your Ranger Mountains to be able to afford the bows and arrows that she's going to need to do her adventuring on the West Coast, Avenger style. Yeah. Sums it up. It was a fun book. It was, and it was kind of fun seeing where she went after getting into the argument with Clint Barton that we got in the, the issue dog. all about Lucky, mm-hmm. Pizza Dog, or Arrow. And I like or that Lucky. she calls him all of those names yeah, well, yeah. in the pages. <laughs> yeah, Arrow, Pizza Dog, and yeah. Fun little self-contained story, which is nice to have. It's nice to have, but sometimes you like to go big and have a story arc that goes through three books. And that's what we get here with Justice League number 22. This was the kickoff to the much-hyped mm-hmm. Trinity War. But yeah, it's been being hyped since the beginning of the New 52. Like, this is where it's all leading. Like, you remember that girl that started in Flashpoint? Yeah, she's going to be a major player. remember. Major player in Trinity War. So this is going to be going through Justice League, Justice League of America, and Justice League Dark. A.K.A. And Paul's taking a break from Justice League, Justice League of America, and Justice League Dark. Chris buys Justice League and Justice League of America. John buys Justice, Justice League, League Dark. Dark. Okay, good. I'm so we, you will be able to read them all if you want. Oh, boy. <laughs> but basically what we have here is the Secret Society of Villains trying to discredit the world's heroes. And in doing like so, Superman. it brings... Well, how else are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. You go big. Yeah. And this is going to be what's bringing everyone together. This is why the Justice League of America was created to bring down the Justice League should they need to. But of course there's magic involved, so you got <laughs> Justice League Dark involved too. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's all the team's arrogances like just feeding upon itself. Like you have Billy Batson just his naive naive nature saying, "Oh, well, I need to scatter these ashes over Black Adam's homeland of Kandak. Kandak. And, like, there's a no-fly zone definitely in place. Like, no American should go there. Except he just saw Superman and Wonder Woman there, so he thinks it's okay. And he's like, well, this is, no, I'm just there to scatter some ashes. I'm not doing anything wrong. Uh, He's a kid. Written by Jeff Johns, art by Ivan Rice. Hmm. And you see the Justice League saying, oh, we better go take care of this issue before it becomes a big deal. And then, then you have the Justice League of America being like, nope, this was bad when Superman and Wonder Woman went there. We got to go and pull out the Justice League now. Mm-hmm. Get in the invisible jet, guys. And there's some magic going on. Therefore, we better call in Zantana to figure out what's going on with Billy Batson, or a.k.a. Shazam. Because do they know that's Billy Batson? No, they don't know who he is, but yeah. they can just call him by Shazam. And it's all being told through the story arc of Madame Zandu telling the fortune of a wandering soul that walks into her terror reading shop. And um, you have this underlining threat, too, of the secret society. Mm-hmm. Which and, was all introduced in Justice League of America. Yeah. And, um, and uh, even you get some uh, question moments, which... I do like, because I do like the question. I do, but I have no idea where it's coming from. Yeah. Like, where... I'm that's like, that's the question, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I know he was... There was a back... Like, a two-page, like, splash of him in one of the Justice League books. I think it was the first issue with uh, Shazam, because he's no longer Captain Marvel. 
Yeah. Uh, it, with the question being uh, portrayed in there, and he's trying to figure out who the evil is behind the evil plan. Yeah. This, this is kind of what I liked about Justice League at the beginning when it first launched. It's those big guns in a big story. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing why these other teams are created. Like It's all kind of folding into this. It has that blockbuster feeling to it. I think Jeff Johns can do that well, especially when teamed up with Ivan Reese again, who did great stuff over in Green Lantern. Like seeing the two of them working together on a book after Aquaman, which I really enjoyed those like first I think six, seven issues I read that you let me borrow. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes and what the fallout will be because we got Superman killing another superhero in it. Yeah. Well, well supposedly, but they, but he they, he was under. They pulled that punch real quick. Like, yeah, everybody knows it wasn't really Superman. Because <laughs> he was under some sort of mind control, mm-hmm. whatever, from Pandora. Tying into that mystic stuff. Or, you know, something set up by the Secret Society. Who knows what really happened? Or maybe it was Ma- Martian Manhunter in order to, like, set up something so the Justice League of America could take down the Justice League. Like, no. who knows? You know, there's so many motives playing out is it madam Xanadu even says there's too many motives everybody has their own motive going into this and it's like it was a kettle box waiting to explode um i think the most interesting part for me was wonder woman's discussion with superman saying you know there's a reason i don't have a big list of supervillains like you and batman so they got I take care of them yeah, right which i'm glad they're doing with her with wonder woman again because Greg Rucka kind of set that up. Like, no, she will put a monster down. Yeah. And that's her, her view with uh, Despero mm-hmm. is just, mm, yeah, he's going to be out of here by lunchtime. We should end things. Mm-hmm. And Superman, no, we'll have uh, Hal take him to Oa. And she, yeah, he's probably not going to make it that far. He's going to escape from Oa, too. He's Despero. And then Superman comes up with, well, there's probably a lot of innocent people on death row. And she's like, not when I have a lasso of truth. Yeah. Like, I can find the guilty. Like, yeah. You know, it needs to be that Amazon. She needs, you know, and DC has pulled that from her every once in a while where she's the one that doesn't kill either. Like, none of the superheroes can kill. She's not Punisher. Like, just killing everybody, but man. She, yeah. gets, she gets the job done. Yeah, she has a lesson of truth. She can tell the monsters from the people that can be redeemed. Uh, this this was a good start, and it didn't feel like a normal issue. Like, it felt bigger. It, it is a bigger issue. Uh, this was three ninety nine, so it was a little bit more expensive than the regular books, but, too. I mean, it just was, ma- it was massive. So much stuff was going on. Yeah, and anytime, like... Introduced with all the different teams. Yeah, and in, like, in a normal comic book, there's lots of parts where you like it would just end and be like, gotta get the next issue to find out what happens. And this doesn't do that. It just keeps going, and then it finally ends, and it's you still have that. Listen, we gave you all the big stuff that's going to happen. We really set. They really did set it up well, mm-hmm. and you do want to see how this does play out. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of know how it plays out because of the solicitations. With, you know, October being Villains Month. Yeah. Again. 
Yeah. <laughs> but you, when you think about it, that was done like two years ago now, last yeah, time the they did the villain's evil, thing. You know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I feel like during the middle of the book, I'm like, oh, they're kind of retelling the first issue of Justice League of America right here. But, yeah. Which I feel if you're reading Justice League, you probably yeah. would have picked up Justice League of America. But this is kind of one of those, well, if you're not... Mm-hmm. And you're not keeping up to date on it. Here you go. I didn't know that the Justice League had so many members. Is the Atom is apparently on Justice League of America? Yep. I didn't read Adam and Justice Firestorm League. were both uh, given membership a couple well, months only ago. Only the now. Justice League. Yeah, just Justice League. Arthur okay. Light mm-hmm. was just brought into Justice League of America right. in like in this. Like right. this is brand new. Well, he got his powers because of the coin thing and merged and craziness. Yeah. Yes. Merging and craziness merging and crazy and supernatural things happening it's nuts and that takes us into uh our number one from image called ghostist ghosted ghostist ghostist this is another number one. Oh, oh this issue is number one yeah we it's said our number, our number one. one no i meant another number one because i don't want you yeah, i was gonna say this isn't me. this isn't my favorite yeah don't put the begging board stamp of approval i was on not this. i was not alone we gotta uh, take a vote Roll call style. This was uh, written by Joshua Williamson and, and art by uh, Goran Suzuka. It's okay. We mispronounced Suzuka. every artist's names. I said it correctly then. Yeah. Uh, and this book um, focuses around a one of the greatest thieves who uh, ever lived who's rotting in jail, mm-hmm. mainly because he seems like he let himself get caught for letting his team so, yeah, get something killed. Bad happened. Something bad happened. And he was injured in that. It wasn't like he <laughs> like got away with no scrapes. But he seems like he feels like he belongs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's then pulled out from prison by this eccentric billionaire who wants the greatest thief ever to catch and bring him a ghost. Yeah. And, uh, Paul, I thought you would like this because it shows him like bringing his team together. Yeah. Starting to lay out a plan. And then going in. I thought I would like this more too, except the premise sounds like a lot of fun and kind of zany. But the way it's told is so kind of dark and gritty, kind of, you know, it feels like it's trying to be noir. And I think if it was more along, aligned with its premise of kind of, kind of zany and fun, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But everything seems like all the characters there's nobody you're rooting for. Like, yeah. Well, you don't really have time like, with those yeah. those characters, those side characters. Either they bring, which I thought was clever. You bring in the two guys from Ghost Hunters, but yeah. they don't call them Ghost Hunters. You bring in a a psychic. Apparently, it's, she's a real psychic, but she has her own nefarious thing. She's got her own thing going and, on. And he was hired directly from the guy who set up this plan. And so. the things that it wasn't enough to. Any of those stories mm-hmm. that made me want to be like, oh, I can't wait to read Ghosted Number Two. Yep. Like the premise of this, when John mentioned it for your pick for the list, like a couple weeks ago, whenever it was, I was like, oh, it's Thirteen Ghosts, the comic book. Yeah, I, I love that movie. <laughs> I don't know Thirteen Ghosts. Thirteen Ghosts. Um, there's a rich guy that collecting ghosts in a house built to contain ghosts. Okay. It, it's a, it's a rich guy. Collecting ghosts. Mm-hmm. So, hey, guess what? It sounds just like this. <laughs> yeah. I would rather read 13 Ghosts, the comic book. And, and the thing is, he's trying to lay out a plan, yet it's obvious from the get-go he has no plan on how to catch a ghost. 
And it's yeah. like, no, you're the greatest thief but ever. apparently he does have an idea because he knows all these people that are involved in the supernatural and they're psychics and they, they host ghost-catching TV shows. Well, yeah. on film, but they've never transported a ghost. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't th- seem like the greatest thief ever. There's nothing, th- you know. Yeah, 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 he didn't pick anybody's pocket. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like a rush. I kind of wanted some of that carnivalness where they kind of give you some, uh, you know, just some of the weird, like, thief, like, jargon and everything. Yeah. And the guy doesn't talk in any kind of... He doesn't talk like that. Yeah. Um, He's a master tradesman. He's not an artist to me, like the rich guy says. Yeah. Yeah. He rolls out I, a map, but nothing happens. I, wa- I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to like this book a lot more and uh hopefully i've ordered th- up through like issue three so i'm hoping issue two really picks up yeah and the thing is i went in with my own expectations of this book and it's and it's unfortunate that i did that because i think that's what i'm reviewing for it for what it's not yeah and i shouldn't do that but, but it, it also it should be it should be like oceans 13 meets like supernatural you right. know it 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 really should be, and it doesn't have those big kind of bold characters. Mm-hmm. And you don't, and the characters they have in them, you get in like a panel or two panels with someone else talking over them. At no point did I hear the music. Da 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 da. classic bringing the theme together, kind of. No, you know the song. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Sorry. I was uh, just humoring him. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm all wet. <laughs> uh, you're just forcing him now. Yep. Which, it's, it's another monthly look back. We have another book from Aspen as part of their 10 for 10 program. Uh, this one is Michael Turner's Fathom, number one. This is basically where Aspen got its name from, from mm-hmm. the lead character from this, Aspen Matthews. Uh, this is kind of the character that got the whole thing started for... Aspen Comics and Michael Turner doing the whole self-publishing, getting out of like the mainstream comics and doing what he wanted to do. Aqua Girl. Pretty much, uh, she's part of a race of underwater air breathers, very Atlanteans, water, except they're called like breathers. the blue. <laughs> Not under- underwater water, air breathers, whatever. Water breathers. Uh, this is the one Aspen book so far that has seemed most like you need to read all the other volumes. Yeah, come it out. still ties in, yeah. Because it, it ties in. To and there everything. are actual editor's notes saying, hey, you see this in volume four. Yeah. It's like, what? Four volumes. But it's still accessible enough uh-huh. to just kind of jump into it. Given some of the history, I think you're given enough to... Yeah. The news reporter gives you some of the... Uh, you get the exposition there. Exposition there. there. And uh, I like how I still do the SpongeBob exposition. I've never watched there. Spongebob, so that was lost on me, so thank you for welcome. explaining that. I gave you exposition on my exposition explanation. I think this is actually probably one of the best drawn mm-hmm. of the books that we've had so far from Aspen. Like, they've been pretty good looking. Like, the Legend of the Shadow Council one was really good. Yeah. This is it's the most... It's clean. It's clean. It's the most comic booky looking, I guess I should say, and I don't mean that in a I mean, bad way. Well, it is straight up superhero, too. It's it is not... And I think they did try to get an artist on it that's going to be able to live up to what Michael Turner would have mm-hmm. done or wanted because this is their flagship book. It's not, you're not yeah. reading Fathom, it's 
Michael Turner's fathom. Yeah. His name is above this. And boom, right on the cover, the water covers her feet, much like they would if it was a Michael Turner comic. Yeah. Yeah, it looks a lot like a... Anytime I've seen Fathom anywhere, it <laughs> looks like girl. that. Yeah. The coming out of the water, maybe her hair slicked back, and she's kind of got the old face going on. You know, it's... It kind of... This one, she looks kind of inquisitive. Yeah, which is nice for... Instead of the old face constantly. Because uh, it does seem a little creepy. Hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun, you know? It's But it is just Aqua Girl. I've, I, I really feel... I've never read any of the Fathom books, mm-hmm. and they've been out there forever. I just never had the want to. Reading this, I was kind of like, hey, I wouldn't mind maybe checking that out. I enjoyed, I think, those seven issues of Aquaman. I, I could enjoy this if I find the first trade cheap somewhere. Right. I look into it. I plan on ordering some more stuff from Aspen. And in the back here, they have a coupon code to use all throughout the month oh. of July. Put Fathom in. Save 10% on your entire order. Hey, so, you, you need to order pretty quickly. I I do. <laughs> you got until Wednesday. I really want to get the Legend of the Shadow, uh, Shadow Council stuff. Um, I, I found it a little boring. I did feel a little out of. I mean, it does feel water. it does feel <laughs> it does feel like a number one, but it definitely it would help if you had read something previous. Yeah, they're definitely explaining. If I read anything previous, I'd be like, okay, get to the story, get to the story, because it's all just, yeah. okay, this is the girl, and I met her during our adventure here. And newscaster is saying, and it's one of the blue who are this race of people that can breathe underwater. Yeah, and the, the newscaster had no idea. Like, it seemed like he was hey, just getting filled in girl? on this. Nope. Oh, I'm getting reports that this girl is actually... Yeah. Back to you, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I think out of... The Wolverine moves on. <laughs> like, out of all the number ones, this isn't my least favorite, but I'd put it kind of down there. Like, it just didn't... I, I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. I, I, I felt a lot... There were a lot more misses in the Staller than hits. Like, uh, I would put this above Jury. Journey. Journey. I would put it above the Legend of the Shadow Clan. Really? Oh, I didn't really like it. You know, I'm like, ooh. Ninjas, though. Yeah, but... Paul doesn't like ninjas. Ninjas like, are fun. It's ninjas. It's like that, uh... What is it? Uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I don't realize I'm a ninja, but suddenly I am, you know? Or I'm awesome, born identity kind of style, but I guess born always knew he was awesome. It's no, not he, like lost, he, he lost so, his memory, so he didn't yeah. remember he was awesome. But he, he kind of quickly re- knows that he's... It's not like a kid like, discovering how cool he is. It's more No, like, he well, did. He took him a while. Like, Sorry to crap on that. That's all right. I'm talking about... No, I, I enjoyed this one. Not my favorite of the 10 for 10 so far. I think we still got like three left. But... I, I liked it more, I think, than Shrugged, and that was the one yeah. that I was kind of most looking forward to when I saw it's it. It's up there. It's it's one. It, I would put this near the top of the list, but not. Like, I think I, I like. I'm sh- trying to think of the list of things. Like Shrugged, <laughs> Shrugged I actually enjoyed more. I think Char- I like. Charismatic. I think Magic. I thought yeah. it was a lot of fun. I think I like Shrugged a little more than this. I like this more Here's than Bubblegum. 
bubble gun. Shrugged. The next one coming out is Overtaken, which so is going to be a sci-fi story. Karis Magic, I think it's number one. Bubble Gun to Phantom yeah. number three. Well, Bubble Gun, it, it was different, though. Yeah. It was like that cyberpunk. See, I would put this over Bubble Gun. I would put this over Bubble Gun, I think. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. Maybe we'll have to draw up a list at, yeah. the, end, at the end of these <laughs> and, and put them in a order. Yeah, the, you know, our top ten of the top ten. And here's, I don't think oh. I really hated anything that I've read. No, I I still liked for a dollar. I thought it was a good story. That's the thing. Like all these books were dollars. I I constantly go back to this. They've all been a dollar. This is such a great way to get people to check out your books. Yeah, Vertigo. They they stopped doing it. I know. So people don't need to stop checking us out. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Probably more. No, that that wraps us up. We just had the five books. And it was it was a short news week. Yeah, we just talked about everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did go on for thirty minutes for the beginning, and you know it's still an hour long episode, basically. Ooh, yay! But we reviewed quickly. We did. You know, reviews aren't that hard to do, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you should just go to iTunes and review. I don't know. Oh, this podcast that you're listening to right now, Bagged and Board. Let's do a quick iTunes search for it. Write a review, even if you don't download us. Use Download us using iTunes, because honestly, most people do. I really love like there's this moment where like everybody finally like listens to the end of the podcast and be like, "Boy, these guys are desperate for reviews. We should really review them." I am desperate for them. I'm itching, I'm scratching myself because I haven't gotten a review in so long. I'm like really need my fix. Remember when he had like one a month I for know. like two months? No, it was like four months in a row. Whoa! I'm just desperate for any attention we can get. So make sure you like us over on Facebook. Email us over at contactedbangboardcast.com. Follow us over on Twitter. Anything to make me feel better. Because mm-hmm. I, I like interacting with people on there. 